Regional Connections supports the settlement of newcomers, immigrants, and refugees in Winkler, Morden, Altona, and Dauphin. Steve Reynolds, the executive director, says they take a holistic approach, helping in all areas when they arrive. My name is Steve Reynolds. I'm the executive director with Regional Connections Immigrant Services. And uh, Regional Connections, we work in rural Manitoba, mainly out of our offices in Winkler, Morden, Altona, and Dauphin, to welcome newcomers to Canada primarily. So after people arrive, they can come to Regional Connections and get help with all sorts of things, starting a new life in Canada, uh, getting set up, finding jobs, taking English classes and things like that. So there's a ton of stuff that's going on. How about you just break more about what those programs and services look like for someone who's arriving to the country or maybe uh, maybe even before they arrive, if you have communications before? A little bit before. Most of it starts after people arrive. So kind of first day in Canada or in the community here somebody can come to a regional connections office. The main program is called the settlement program. And for anybody new uh, to the country, uh, it starts with the needs assessment. So we will talk to people and find out what they need, what their goals are as well. Uh, sometimes people need help knowing how to find an apartment, how to get a driver's license or a health card, how to register kids for school, how to get a job. Uh, it can be a lot of things or maybe only one or two questions. Both are good. We'll do that needs assessment and then make like a service plan that also might just be a couple weeks or it might be for the next three to five years for people if they're longer term goals as well. So settlement can help uh, with all of those things to get somebody started with their new life in Canada in general uh, and then also at the local community specifically so staff know about community resources and the library and school systems and community offices where to go to find things and do things and get things so we help with all of that in the settlement program and then there's a few other programs as well we have settlement workers in schools so if newcomers have school-aged kids uh, in the public school system we have staff who help Again, right from the beginning, from registration and a school tour, and then support uh, parents to understand the school system, high school credits and the K-12 system and how it works and how parents can participate. And then they run lots of opportunities like for social interactions, uh, peer mentorship program, different activities to get out in the community and find things to do and meet new people so that uh, kids can integrate socially. There is an employment program uh, as well that helps with everything from the initial job search. So if somebody's looking for their first job in Canada, how to write a Canadian resume and get ready for an interview, apply for jobs online, they get support with all of that and can use computers and look at a job board and things at our office. Get some basic information about working in Manitoba, employee rights and health and safety and what to expect on your paycheck and things like that. And then a couple other employment programs. One is for people with lower English levels looking for entry level work, say in manufacturing or at a hotel or fast food or something like that. They can get uh, some extended training. There's a month in class of workplace readiness and basic English. And then a one-month work placement, so it's two months total. 
So especially for people where the English language is a barrier to getting a job, that can help people get a job. And then we support professionals too. So professionals have a long pathway if you're a teacher or an engineer or an accountant or a nurse or something like that to get certified to work in Manitoba. There's a whole long process and our staff can help through that process. We also have English language classes kind of for all levels from beginner to advanced. So that's a really good program and there's morning, afternoon, evening and online classes available. And the final piece I would mention, it's called Community Connections. Some of it is in those programs and some of it is in our volunteer program, but lots of community activity uh, as well, where again, people can uh, go see uh, places around town like a library or a museum or an art gallery or cultural center or park or skiing, uh, find the things to do in the area and socially connect, meet other newcomers or meet longer term residents who've been in the community a long time, practice English and kind of just feel a little bit more at home in their new community. One of the very cool parts about regional connection is how much you kind of encompass all of the immigrant experiences for someone who's coming in. For uh, a lot of Canadians, they're probably not very aware of, you know, all the different barriers and hurdles that can come with someone arriving at a new country. I mean, you mentioned the language can be a big one, or your credentials may not necessarily, you know, be recognized over here. So it is very cool to see an organization that helps immigrants walk through almost every step of that uh, new life process. It's very holistic. That was an intentional for us to develop as we call it a one-stop shop. So originally some of these programs were separate. They're three separate programs and uh, newcomers had to go to three different places to access these different programs. And we thought that didn't make much sense. So we brought everything together under regional connections and it's in one office in one place. So a newcomer only has to go to one place to find all these different services and activities. And it also helps our staff work together. Like I said, it's very holistic. The staff working with children and youth can connect with, you know, the English language program staff or the settlement program staff. And we can talk about what's going well and what do we need to do differently. Work at that total picture or whole picture, like you said. The experience is very holistic for newcomers. Like, sure, there's the job. There's also English classes. There's the social connections. Uh, there's your family, children, and youth. So immigrating just impacts everything, right? A person's whole life and their whole family. And having that, specifically the socialization aspect that you also have included, is incredibly important because it can be so easily overlook to just give them what they need and send them out the door, right? Newcomers. And being able to be like, hey, you're new here. Let's help you meet the community, find out who's here, build some friendships, make some friends, make connections. Because if you just come here and you just do some of the, the things and you move on, it can be incredibly lonely to be in a place that you don't know anyone. That's right. And two things we hear from clients a lot are that uh, rural Manitoba and Canadians in general is very friendly and polite. So they feel very welcomed when people first arrive. 
But sometimes six months later, 12 months later, like you said, people feel very lonely. Everybody's been very nice, but I don't really know people. They're polite, but I don't really have friends or haven't really connected. So the goal of some of those activities is just to give people an opportunity to connect with more people. Maybe some of those connections will turn into friendships, good friendships, meaningful relationships where people will not be so isolated or lonely and will feel more at home. So a big event that happened since we last spoke was the war in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And looking over the website, you did have a response. How about we just walk me a little bit through that response and the things that you were thinking about to help people fleeing from the war here to Canada? So that started about a year ago for us on, on our end. And uh, as soon as the government of Canada, they created an emergency work permit for Ukrainians to be able to travel uh, to Canada on who have been affected by the war. And um, it started almost immediately in the communities here, especially with people here uh, from a Ukrainian background or who had immigrated from Ukraine already uh, within the last few years, had family and friends who were impacted by the war, had had to flee the country or flee their hometown. And so quite a few people started coming last spring and summer, uh, especially to Winkler and Morden and Dauphin. And a lot of those people had personal connections here. And so we we're working together with kind of the local connections. And there is a lot of community support was a really cool thing. Really, some of it was organized by local Ukrainian communities. Some of it was just general community members. Some of it was churches or other organizations. So a lot of people were offering to help and offering support. And a lot of it, the work initially was also coordinating all together with who's doing what and what resources are available, what donations are available, uh, what's still needed, what are the gaps and areas where we need uh, to work together. And so the first few months, a lot of coordinating like that, and then people really started arriving to our communities in May, June, July, August, into the summer. Um, and since that time, over 800 Ukrainians have come to the communities we wow. work in. Yeah, just Winkler, Morden, Eltona, Dauphin. And so that's quite a lot. That's a significant diaspora in the it community. It is. That's that. Yes, that's the most from like any one kind of background and that kind of time span that we've ever seen before, right? So it's a very large uh, group in a very short amount of time. So there's a peak through probably the summer and fall where initially people coming had personal contacts here. That's how they knew about these communities and knew to come here. So that was a bit different. It's evolved a little bit into now just positive word of mouth. People, uh, Ukrainians coming to Winnipeg or just Manitoba in general, but not sure what their long-term plans are, hear about Winkler or Morden or Dauphin or Altona after they arrive. And uh, there's lots of jobs in the area. So usually the first step is finding a job. And we start hearing from Ukrainians in Winnipeg who have found a job in one of these communities and then are trying to move and they don't have personal contacts, uh, but they heard good things from other Ukrainians who have settled in the area. Uh, so it's continued that way. And it required a lot of responsiveness from everybody. It was uh, quite an increase in just the number of people arriving. So we needed uh, more volunteer support and had to add English classes and uh, a lot of our group activities. Uh, just had larger groups and more people. One of the ways we 
uh, work with more <laughs> more people arriving is to do more things in groups rather than one on one. So, so it no was way. in a collaborative approach from all fronts, essentially. Yes. Yeah. From all fronts and the community and uh, provincially and federally, there's been response and support. So a lot of coordinating that way. Now that there's been a little bit of time with some of the uh, refugees that have arrived, what sort of things are you hearing from the community specifically uh, or the new Ukrainians uh, arriving? Are they settling in nice? Are they kind of making friends? Uh, I mean, you mentioned that some of them had relatives or connections out here, so that definitely helps. Generally positive, yeah. And initially last August and September as well, we surveyed quite a few. I think we had over 120 respond to a survey because we were unsure initially if people were just coming uh, temporarily, were they coming, you know, for safety to get away from the war and hoping to return to Ukraine if it became safe to do so. Um, but everybody we interviewed and surveyed except for one, were hoping to stay here long term. I think for a lot of people, it's a tipping point by the time they leave, right? That, that if they do make that move to Canada or to Manitoba. They're hoping it's long term and it's for safety and security and the future of their kids often and their family that uh, those who have come are, are hoping to stay here. So we've heard positive things uh, in general about the community and the welcome. Like I said, people are getting jobs because a lot of people arrived last year and are continuing to. One of the pressures is finding housing. That's been difficult for people at times to get an apartment or get housing. Uh, people do, but the demand is high. So kind of if a family sees an apartment and they like it, you have to sign up for it right on the spot. If you go home to think about it and then phone back, it'll be gone by the time they phone back. So the vacancy rates are very low and turnover is very fast. Uh, so that's been for sure. For some people too, because it's not a planned migration, just after arriving, kind of realizing what it means to immigrate and sorting out what long-term plans are, things like that. Usually with a lot of newcomers who come here, they've planned to come to these communities and kind of know what they're going to be doing and what the work will be and sort of have a vision for themselves and their families. But because this was more like a refugee movement and just initially the priority was just to get safe and get the family safe and then sort everything out afterwards, right? So people working through that after they come has been uh, a bit different. And especially how it impacts jobs and careers, language levels too, right? So people realizing if they're learning very low English, but from a professional background, they can't just step right into that career without the English skills here. So a lot of interest in English classes and working on improving English um, also to become eligible for permanent residency. So people will be hoping to apply for permanent residency and one of the requirements is a certain English level. So big interest in classes to get English levels. Ukrainians coming over, the largest number from a single country. What sort of other kind of like, or demand or like individuals that are coming over? So you have offices in Winkler, Morden, Elton, and Dauphin. I mean, the 800 was a very unique um, uh, situation. Uh, you know, how many people are coming through these pro programs? So in last year, 2022, like the calendar year, was our busiest year ever for new arrivals. And you know, new 
like new international arrivals, people traveling from other countries was down quite a bit the previous two years because of COVID. For obvious reasons. Yeah, that <laughs> interrupted all kinds of things, like just the Im- immigration application processing. So people's applications are just sitting stuck in the queue. There was a big backlog of applications and travel was impossible or difficult uh, throughout those two years. So kind of things where it's just the wheels are moving in that whole system and applications are getting processed and travel is possible. So we saw people, just arrivals in general, really pick up last year. So just in 2022, um, we had uh, over 1,600 new arrivals total due to Canada clients and uh, nearly 600, just under 600 of them were from Ukraine. So just over a thousand from other countries and our top two countries otherwise continued to be uh, the Philippines and India after Ukraine. And so that's been pretty typical the last few years that uh, Philippines and India have been the top source countries. I I think it's just really cool like to see uh, the dynamics of Manitoba changing over the years and seeing these like uh, different community groups slowly like growing. People from the Philippines, massive group growing out uh, in in Manitoba. It's really, it is exciting to see. It's exciting to see that ethnocultural communities get established in all kinds of ways, right? So people from the Philippines are seeing things like self-organized local rec basketball leagues, right? There's a whole bunch of Filipino basketball teams all around Southern Manitoba. Uh, we're starting to see more like grocery stores and restaurants uh, starting in the towns too. So cultural food, grocery stores, and that's really good to see. That helps people feel more at home as well. Plus it changes up the dynamic of the community. Like for uh, people who are like uh, native born Canadians, Mm -hmm. you know, having these new options available in terms of food is a, a very exciting thing as well. It is. It's a really visible thing for the community. I think as like otherwise too, the community, these smaller communities often don't realize just how much the communities are changing and that people are arriving. It takes a while to make all the social connections and for people to get to know each other. But some of the like newcomer businesses, entrepreneurship, grocery stores, restaurants are a lot more visible reminder that Oh, yeah, new people are here in town from different cultures and backgrounds, and it's diversifying even in these small communities. And it's a really positive thing. It's it's a great example of the Canadian experience, right? Where, like, Canada was, um, the modern Canada was built by immigrants, and we're continuing to see immigrants come here and to build this massive, diverse culture of Canada, which includes all these uh, ethnocultural backgrounds and, um, you know, cultures and identities. Yeah, it's really good to see it continue to diversify. We've worked with clients from over 130 different countries now uh, in the the communities we're in. So that's really amazing. It's also really cool just to hear personal stories and kind of the consistency over time of why people immigrate now and why they have in the past. The motivations and stories are very similar. Like for people, it's still, it's the future and their kids and their family, and it's for safety and opportunity and good jobs. And uh, that is still motivating and driving people to to immigrate. Well, the uh, Morden Immigration Program, uh, I talked with them a little while ago, and they're just mentioning of like all these people online that are talking about Morden and everything. And it just mm-hmm. is such 
an interesting thing where you see people in like Sri Lanka or India and everything talking about Morden or these communities out here in Manitoba. And you're like, wow, they know what we are, who we are and where this is. Yeah. A lot of it is through word of mouth. So yeah, it's amazing. People all around the world, like you say, know these towns and are hoping or trying to get here, applying through maybe a local municipal program or Manitoba provincial nominee program or different uh, pathways like that. And the reputation of these communities is all over the world. Once people have positive experiences and tell friends and family, and that all helps too. The more people, the more that kind of builds momentum. Uh, other people arriving already have friends or family or somebody they've talked to or somebody they know uh, living here. And they also then get like a good idea of what it means to immigrate and what's here. And we find when the expectations are kind of are accurate and well-informed, then people are also more often happy after they arrive. They knew what to expect when they came. They knew what it would be like. They're prepared for it and also have a positive experience. You just kind of recently wrapped up your fiscal year heading into the new year. Um, what are some plans for regional connections looking ahead? Some plans looking ahead is are to kind of continue to respond. So, you know, we wrap, ramped up some capacity last year in response to newcomers arriving. We have more English classes scheduled this next year than we've ever had before. Right now we have 575 students in English classes across all the different programs. So we've increased our English classes and our childcare programming and are looking forward to continuing with that. Also kind of the trend since the last year of COVID in and health and safety and uh, all the adjustments we made the last few years uh, away from group activities and we were toward one-on-one or remote video call work, things like that. So it's been good uh, from our end to get back to group activities and, and working with people in groups and in place around town. It's personal and being somewhere and being together is is just really positive. And so along those lines, the cultural events and cultural festivals, we're working with the City of Winkler on Culture Fest again, which is moving to Canada Day this year. So it'll be part of the Canada Day events uh, in Dauphin. There's something called Tapestry that we're picking up again that hasn't run for four years. And then in Morden, we're continuing to partner on Winterfest in February next year. And in Alpona, we'd like to be at the Sunflower Festival again this summer. So those. So there's a lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to. Some of the fun stuff that's out in public and out in the community that's getting ramped up again. We're really looking forward to this year. I guess just in term of immigrant uh, immigration services, you know, it takes a lot of effort to make this all work. Uh, what are maybe some of the challenges that you've been? or maybe have noticed in terms of immigration and the immigration process that we can kind of look at and kind of improve to make the system more efficient? One of the biggest systemic issues, like you mentioned, is that credentials recognition process. That impacts a lot of people and it catches a lot of newcomers by surprise through the different economic immigration streams. It'll even show you during the application process, for example, that as a teacher, or as a doctor or a nurse, once it's added as your as your occupation, it adds X number of points to your application, and it's your total points that end up getting you selected 
through that program. So people are, arrive expecting to work as a nurse or a teacher or an accountant. And for many people, it's news to them after they arrive that they have to go through this whole credentialing process. Well, I'd and be shocked too. <laughs> they had no idea often that it was going to happen and then find out it's going to take two years or four years or five years and sometimes requiring to go back to university for a year or two and pay thousands of dollars. And that's all news and it's very um, discouraging for a lot of people causes a lot of people the cost benefit of it is sometimes not worth following through on it. And so especially with things like healthcare, for example, with where Manitoba is at right now and rural communities with lack of local healthcare staff, we have internationally educated healthcare workers living in these communities already would love to be working in their occupations as nurses and doctors and healthcare aides, and they can't get through licensing process. So it'd be really good to see kind of more of a problem solving approach to the licensing process. Right now it's kind of got this very barrier oriented approach where if you manage to make it over the barrier, then good for you, but uh, it's not bridging or solving that problem. And it would be in everybody's best interest. The newcomers, the local community, the healthcare services, we could be bringing these pieces together to solve our problems. Yeah, there's a ton of people with education that they just don't meet that specific mark right. out here and they just can't. And for them, it's frustrating. And I guess for also communities, it's frustrating because you hear about someone coming in, you're like, wow, for terms of like potential doctors or people in the healthcare industry, you're like, wow, this is great. It's so needed. Yeah. And then they just can't. Yeah. And they're here already. Sometimes they're Sometimes the approach is to find more uh, kind of future healthcare workers through universities and working with university programs and placements after graduation or continuing to recruit again uh, internationally and bring more people. But there's also the people who are already here and already in these communities that would be loved. They would love to be working in their profession. And there's all those barriers preventing it. So interesting conversations as well as trying to figure out how we can, you know, balance things out so to get people within their occupation faster. That's right. And then the other thing we hear a lot from uh, local employers, too, is just the importance kind of all the way up and down the scale of a good skills match with newcomers. So in Wakefield, for example, there's a lot of jobs in manufacturing and production manufacturing. And people are looking for welders and painters and assemblers and machine operators and they're looking for a good skills match and not always finding it on the, on the conversely finding a lot of teachers and accountants and doctors applying for those jobs but they're looking for workers and assemblers and painters and things like that so there's an importance of having good skills match for all the job openings there's a lot of job openings and we're projected to have a lot more in the coming years as the impact mostly as baby boomers are retiring from the job market and leaving a lot of open jobs in the market behind them. So immigration is a key way to, to fill that. And so those issues of credentials recognition or good skills match between an immigration program and the local jobs that are available, those are really critical. So that it works well for newcomers as well as for employers. So Steve, if uh, someone is listening to this and thinking about immigrating to Manitoba, to the Pemina Valley, mm -hmm. or someone has family out there and they're trying to, you know, get someone else to move out here, where do they go to find out more about the services and programs available through Regional Connections? 
Good question. Our services and programs are on our website at regionalconnections.ca. There's a general overview and a lot of our events and activities are posted there. We're on social media on Facebook, Regional Connections and Instagram as well. So you can follow us there. We have a monthly newsletter. Somebody could email info at regionalconnections.ca uh, if they're interested in that. And then the only other thing I would mention that we let people know if, if people are looking to immigrate to the Pemmon Valley specifically, now there are three local kind of immigration partnerships or programs. So there's already, of course, the you know federal government's economic pathways at IRCC and everything's on their website for their economic programs. Manitoba Provincial Nominee Program is really popular and people go to immigratemanitoba.ca to find that information. But for the Pemina Valley, the Morden Community Driven Immigration Initiative at the City of Morden, MCDII, I think is in its 10th year now. It started in 2013. Uh, Winkler has just started the Winkler Stanley Immigration Initiative through Winkler Stanley Economic Development. And they have a website with information. And then Altona and Rhineland have a Rural and Northern Immigration Pilot, or RNIP. It's a federal pilot. And all three of those programs, if people either line up a local job or have local connections and are looking to join friends or family or people they know in the Pemina Valley, they get extra points for having those local connections through those programs. And those are ways people can emulate as well. Have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight? Leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was you talk and have yourself a good one.